Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producer Jihei Wiley. Jihei, how are you on this glorious Monday? Well, it's so great to be in Vegas, and you know what? It's even better because the Dukies won and they're going to the Sweet 16. For all you haters out there, all you people that thought that we weren't going to make the Sweet 16, I'm doing my Karen from Will and Grace. I told you so dance. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Ah, this day couldn't be better, Arash. I'm so ecstatic. I love it. I love it. Listen, I was cheering for you, uh, Jihei. Maybe, maybe not in that first game because I always root for like the local schools, but uh, you guys are headed to the Sweet 16. We are still in Circa at Las Vegas. Uh, listen, this place has been the place to be for March Madness. Circa, where you talk about world's largest sports book, Stadium Swim. We did our shows Thursday, Friday from the uh, viewing party on the third floor, which you know the great thing about that, it was free for everyone. So that place was uh, packed. Uh, but Jihei, besides March Madness, we have a lot of headlines to get to today. So let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Well, even though the Lakers have been trending in this direction for a while, it's hard to see them as the number 10 Cedar Rush in the Western Conference behind the New Orleans Pelicans. Two years ago, the Lakers at 30 and 41 would be out of the playoff race with just 11 games left in the season, but they are now locked into playing the 9-10 matchup of the NBA's play-in tournament. Do you see them getting out of the play-in tournament? I really don't, Jihei. I really don't. And by the way, I totally agree uh, that this, to see them as the 10 seed, we've been talking about this for a while. They've been trending in this direction. Uh, So no real shock. You know, when they went on this road trip, we knew that they would likely be the number 10 seed when they got back home. But here's why um, things don't look good for them to get out of this play-in tournament. So when you look at what they have to do at this point, I mean, they would have to go to New Orleans and beat the Pelicans. I mean, the last time they they played the Pelicans, they lost against them by almost 30 points. If they find a way to win that game, they would have to play the loser of the Wolves-Clippers game. Now, they've gotten blown out by both of those teams recently. And a little fun fact for you, Jihei, they have not won back-to-back road games all season long. So not just recently. But they they haven't won back-to-back games since January. So now you're, you're telling me at the end of this season where, by the way, they are 6-17 and 17 since January 25th, that they're all of a sudden now going to, for the first time all year, win back-to-back road de- games and for the first time, um, you know, do what they really have not done is beat New Orleans. That New Orleans blew them out the last time that they played last month. And again, they, they just got blown out recently by the Clippers and Wolves. So I, it doesn't look good for them, G.A. This is a disastrous season for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, this is when you kind of just hold your hands in the air and just, you know, I guess move on with your season. It's just, it kind of is what it is. That matchup, though, sounds really rough either way, Clippers or the Wolves, right? Um, That sounds really, really rough. So I don't even know what they're going to possibly be doing. Looking at their schedule right now, Arash, it's it's still going to be an uphill battle. And that's, I mean, I never thought I'd say that with 
Cleveland, going to Cleveland, um, and then they um, are going back home playing the 76ers, which that's just going to be really rough, um, and then playing New Orleans, who they have not, they have yet to beat um, as of as of late, right? So yeah. it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. It's going to be rough. I mean, this is just one of those again. Like I said, throw your hands up in the air, wave them like you just don't care, and just move forward. Um, Maybe enjoy the fact that you even have a play, play in tournament seed. You know, be be grateful. I guess that you're not in last place and in in the tournament. I don't know. I, I don't know. That is really saying something about the season where you are happy that you're not the worst team in the league. That you are happy that you are not in last place. But gee, you are not wrong. This has been a disastrous season for the Lakers. Where at this point, you're just happy that you're not in last place. Yeah. Well. We're going to keep going with the Lakers for these highlights. What does the Lakers being the number 10 seed mean, Arash, for their postseason prospects this season and next season if they fail to make it to the first round? I mean, here's the thing. We've talked about this for a while. I mean, they there is no scenario in which they, they can run this back. And I know that they, they won't, but... I mean, the fact that they're the 10 CG, hey, and by the way, the only reason that they are still going to be in that 9-10 play-in tournament is that the Spurs and the Blazers have low-key tanked at the end of the season. I mean, they have no interest in playing in that play-in tournament. They want the season to be done. So the Lakers, by default, are going to backdoor their way as the 10 seed. They're going to go on the road to New Orleans play the Pelicans. Zion, by the way, got shut down. He's out for the season. He's been out the entire year, so that doesn't really change anything for them. Uh, but what it does do is, A, their their season will be done by the first round. Uh, they, they're they not going to beat the Pelicans, and if they do, they're not going to beat either the Clippers or the Warriors. But what this means, GA, is they, they, they have to figure out a way to reboot, whether that's trading multiple first-round picks or whatever. You do have LeBron at I mean, he's not peak LeBron, but I'm just saying he, he he could potentially lead the league in scoring this year. So you have to find a way while you have this window to put together a contending team. And right now, as at the 10 seed, they're not doing that. We know that. And that's not going to change. So what it means for next season, they do have to go all in on trying to revamp and improve this team. Yeah, if they if they fail to make it to the first round next year, we got bigger problems then yeah we have way bigger problems than what we're talking about right now you know about, about just this season so um I've, I've said this probably a week or two ago it's time to move on lakers it's time to let's just uh, figure it out man i don't know what i'm, I'm not the oracle you know i'm, I'm not somebody that's going to be like you know what, th- these are the trades you have to make and what make and whatever because if i if i were that person i'm in the wrong profession right so i think that they just you know Look, look forward to next season. You still have LeBron James. He may not be a peak LeBron James, but he's still LeBron James, and he still looks great. So, you know, st- stick with LeBron James and figure out what, um, you know, what you can possibly do with, uh, with this team. Maybe... Look, look at your younger players. Look at, yeah. you know, look at um, maybe developing those guys and we'll, you know, go and go from there. And you never know, the draft is coming up, um, you know, for you guys and free agency, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I mean, here's the thing. They're, they're not going to have a draft pick for the foreseeable future, which is the unfortunate thing for them. You know, when they made that trade for Anthony Davis, you're thinking it's a smart trade because they're going to be a championship contender for years to come. That's, that's not the case. But I will note what Ryan Rossillo said is that if Anthony Davis is healthy, if LeBron is healthy, this is a top six team, which means they're not in this play-in tournament situation, but you want to be a championship contending team. 
Yeah, well, the one highlight of the Lakers season has been LeBron James, as we have said over and over, who is tied for the scoring championship at 29.8 points per game with Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo and just passed Mr. Carl Malone, the mailman himself, for second on the NBA's all-time scoring list with 36,947 points. That's a lot of points, everybody. James now only trails Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at 38,387 points on the scoring list and will likely pass the Lakers great next season. Do you think this is... Do you view this as a highlight, Arash, or just a stat padding? You know, it's a good question because I, I do view it as a highlight. You know, when... when, when uh when LeBron against the Wizards passed Karl Malone, like that's a historical moment. He is now only behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. When Kareem set that mark, I never thought anyone would break that because I did not see anyone playing at that high of a level for 20 seasons. And now here we go. LeBron James will do it next season and he will do it in a Lakers uniform. So I view it as a highlight, but it's been a such a disappointing a depressing season. I'm. I would argue this is the most uh, disliked or hated Lakers team amongst the Lakers fans, and I'll explain it like this: When they're a championship contender, they're no. They're normally a, a, a contender. For as much as Lakers fans did not like the Carmelone GP team, folks, that team won the Pacific Division. That team won the Western Conference. That team played in the NBA Finals. That NBA Finals was a 1-1 series but before Karl Malone goes down. So you could be, you could say that that was a disaster or a disappointment. That team made the playoffs. That team won the division. That team made it to the finals. And then you're like, okay, what about the Dwight Howard, Steve Nash team? That team was a above 500 team that made it to the postseason. And if Kobe's healthy, perhaps goes a little bit further. This team is hot garbage, as our friend Nick Hamilton would say. They are the number 10 seed right now. They are 11 games below 500. So it's a highlight, GA, but I, I don't know what it means in a season like this. You know what? I'm going to go the opposite direction. It is stat padding. It, this is just, it's a it's a lose-lose for Laker fans all over. At the end of the day, you know what Lakers fans um what they want at the end of the day they want a championship it is championship or bust you know what forget this you know all-time leading scoring championship stat who cares you know at the end of the day la we all want winners we want a winner and we don't and th this is not winning you know making it to the play-in tournament is not winning um doing padding your stats is not winning um getting this record and don't get me wrong this record is great i i agree with you this record is amazing it's wonderful good for you lebron for getting this record but at the end of the day ain't nobody gonna unless somebody's like really massively into stats ain't nobody gonna be into this no, no nobody has time for that nobody cares you know everybody's gonna be like great you got that highlight that one highlight in your career that's wonderful where was that ring and you're also going to still be known as that really bad team like one of the worst teams in Lakers history and one of the most hated teams in Lakers history, basically for not even attempting to make it in the playoffs or maybe not even play getting into the playoffs. I shouldn't say that you're not attempting, but not getting into the playoffs. Um, anyways, the must read story moving on um, of the day comes from the athletic where they chronicle urban Meyer's disastrous year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There are so many incredible scenes and quotes in the, in the piece. Um, including the fact that Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the league, including 49ers receiver Debo Samuels, Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, and Rams defense tackle Aaron Donald. Now, that I find really hard to believe. 
I find that really hard to believe that he doesn't know who Aaron Donald is. You can't, you gotta be kidding me. Um, anyways, a three time NFL defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. Was Meyer the worst coach in NFL history? I mean, he's gotta be up there. I- I think he is. And by the way, this is really telling that these stories are still leaking out. I mean, normally when a guy uh, leaves or gets fired um, during the season. Okay, so this is why I think he is the worst. He did not even make it through year one. At least 99.9% of coaches, no matter how bad they are, get through their, their first season. If they get fired following their first season. By the way, Pete Carroll, when he was the head coach of the Jets, got fired following his first season. That happens. Meyer didn't even make it through that. So, um, so you know, I mean, the fact that he didn't even make it through that season is telling. Uh, this is the amazing quote from that. You just touched on it. He said, quote, who's this 99 guy on the Rams? I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. Now, a- according to the people who were quoted in the story, and by the way, again, telling that players and coaches and staff members have come out to talk about mom, uh, to talk about Meyer this way. When I first read that, I thought it was a joke, but they're saying it wasn't. Like he truly didn't know who he was. So that's that's crazy to me. So yes, I, I would say Meyer is the worst head coach in National Football League history. I mean, we don't agree a lot, Arash, but man, that is bad. If that quote is real and that quote is accurate as far as his reaction being not joking, that's bad. That is really bad. I mean, your whole entire job is to do your research on the offense and defensive end. I mean, people that don't even know football and that were just bandwagon Rams fans know who Aaron Donald is. So, I mean, the fact that you are a head coach of a major team, or a, I shouldn't say major because it's Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're trying. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, an NFL team should mean that you still know who the heck Aaron Donald is and who the heck Debo Samuels are. Like, that's ridiculous when you don't know who the stars are. I get it if you like, and even you should even know who the non stars are. It should not matter. Um, yes, worst coach in NFL history. That is ridiculous. What's all ridiculous is Las Vegas was once again buzzing during the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament after March Madness was canceled only two years ago and took place in Indiana last year during the pandemic. The sports book at Circa, Westgate, and Caesars Palace were bumping. Like, that's an understatement, but they were bumping. Uh, what was your highlight, Arash? So many. I'm not just saying this because you're next to me, but I think it was really cool for us to do this show from here uh, Thursday at the viewing party at Circa. Again, we're, we're back at Circa today just because we love Vegas. I'm leaving today. Jihei, the, the, the degenerate gambler that she is, is staying the night. And I, I, get my I, I don't know when I'm going to see her again. But no, uh, listen, I, I think it was watching the, uh, thir- the, the Thursday and Friday are always the best days for the uh, tournament. Those are the first two days of the tournament where you got four games happening at the same time. You got people placing wagers. It was so much fun. And so I really uh, thought Thursday, Friday were the highlights for me. But just us kind of, um, you know, it was cool to be here a year ago. But this was really the beginning of Vegas is back. No mask. Um, I'm here. And by the way, GA next month, perhaps no mask when you fly and things like that. So I mean, things are beginning to feel normal again. But um, one of my lowlights, by the way, one of our favorite sports books at the link, the fan caves at the link. I thought that they were still there and you sent me the most depressing video. It is now a generic slot machine area where slot machines are there. Gee, first touch on that because like, I love those fan caves so much. But what was your highlight? 
Well, I'm going to touch on the fan cave first because you just brought it up and um, just got to talk about it. it. I know it was really sad, wasn't it? So I sent you this because I, I was, I'm was i staying at the link and I love the link. I, I'm No knock on Circa. Circa's amazing. I mean, if I could afford to stay here, by the way, Circa, I'm, I'm down to stay at, at Circa. This is probably hands down probably the best venue in, in Vegas. But yeah, I, and here's the thing. I get it. I get why they switched it up because if you looked at you know, the pandemic and then, you know, circling back to now, it's really, really hard for them as far as like money wise to make some money and to like figure that out. So I, I get why they made it a generic little slot machine area. So they, because the slots were actually relatively packed and they were relatively busy. Um, going back to the highlights, um, for me, it had to be just, you're right, Vegas is back. As of April 16th, I believe is when um, federal will change its mind and finally lift that mask mandate you guys can actually fly without your masks on you can be in an uber without your masks on you no longer have to make that check mark uh, at the end of your uber or your lift saying i will wear a mask um for those that don't want to so um yeah that's gonna be great uh for people um i think all around but again my my highlight was duke man duke making this to the sweet 16 which is what i predicted i said we'll make it to the sweet 16 but then thereafter you know, I, I got nothing after that. If they if they win this for Coach K, I I will, I, I'm I might have to call in on Tuesday or rush. I might have to call in the Tuesday of the uh, of March Madness. Moving on though, on this day in 1994, Wayne Gretzky scored to tie Gordy Howie's NHL record of 108 career goals. Gretzky would go on to break the record in the Kings' next game at the Forum against the Vancouver Canucks. What are your what was your favorite memory of Gretzky with the Kings? By the way, I just loved when Gretzky first came to Los Angeles. Uh, the SI cover he did with Magic Johnson. I mean, that was the height of the forum for me. I mean, my mom used to work across the street. And by the way, gee, I don't know if you remember. So back in the day, the forum club was the place to be. And by the way, a lot of people are finding that out as you're watching Winning Time on HBO um, during the day, it was kind of like a restaurant. And so they would have like a Laker burger and a King burger. It wasn't much of a difference. I think the King burger had cheese or something on him. But having Magic Johnson and Wayne Gretzky be in the same city at the same time, and then Wayne really making the Kings a championship contending team, they go to the Stanley Cup final. That's for me, was the highlight. You know, uh, they, they beat the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7 of the conference finals, advance to the Stanley Cup final and um, unfortunately lose to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and by the way, you know, I, I live behind where Marty McSorley lived during that time period. And McSorley really, I think McSorley and Rob Blake, but more McSorley helped make South Bay, according to people within the Kings, make the South Bay like the home of the Kings. And now their practice facility is out there and things like that. But yeah, I mean, Wayne Gretzky and the Kings, I mean, it just that is how me and I think a lot of Los Angeles became hockey fans. And gee, hey, you know, where, where, where we live in the South Bay, Manhattan Beach and El Segundo and Hermosa, Redondo, um, it's a Kingstown because of that time period, because of Wayne Gretzky. So I totally remember that day in 94. He passed Gordy Howe on the NHL all-time goals list. And um, again, it was just fun to be a hockey fan. Again, for the first time, growing up in Los Angeles, a basketball fan, a baseball fan, a football fan. When Wayne Gretzky came to Los Angeles, that made me a hockey fan. I mean, yeah, you you can't you can't be a Kings fan without um, 
you know, Gretzky. You just, you just can't, at least with, at, at least with our era, for sure. Because I think that everybody that's in the new era right now is, you know, the second that, you know, the Kings won their first cup, that's when kids started to make that transition. But you're right. I mean, South Bay was synonymous with Kings players living out here. Um, I mean, you couldn't turn the corner without, you know, you seeing, you know, at least a handful of hockey players out here living out here. I mean, one of my neighbors is is as a king. So I, it's it's it was really really great. And also being able to see there were some Lakers out here who lived here. I don't know if you remember, but Shaq and Kobe used to live in Manhattan Beach um, back in the day. So I mean, um, that kind of camaraderie and that kind of togetherness that um, they brought as a community um, made people want to be Kings fans. And still to this day, I think makes a lot of people want to be Kings fans. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, again, we are live here at Circa. Uh, continue on the March Madness tradition here at Circa. Uh, Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will talk more about the Lakers, Clippers, March Madness right here on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Los Angeles Kings or Los Angeles Galaxy game, call our hotline 310-400-03. Four zero. We are here once again live at Circa for March Madness. Uh, the original plan was to go home on Sunday, but G. Hey Wiley, being the degenerate gambler that she is, wanted to stay an extra couple of days. I'm actually leaving tonight. G. Hey, stay in, and uh, hopefully we see her at some point in the future. But no, just kidding. Uh, G. Hey, this is your favorite time of the year. Uh, we touched on it in the first segment. Just you know, again, we we got here Wednesday night, which is really how people do. March Madness, you get here Wednesday night, and um, and then you come, you know, for the games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, what has this uh, weekend, again, the first weekend of March Madness, and really the first quote-unquote normal March Madness in Las Vegas in two years, again, last year, still kind of in the midst of the pandemic, uh, all the games happened in one place, and then two years ago, of course, Right at the beginning of the pandemic, March Madness got uh, canceled. So what has this weekend been like for you? I mean, again, like you said, Arash, this is the best weekend of the year, right? This is the best week of the year. To be honest with you, if I can be here all March, (laughs) I totally would. Um, But you know what? Uh, I think probably the highlight for me, and we talked about it a little bit in the first segment, but we didn't really expand on it. And I'm glad that we get this segment to talk about it. Um, Probably the biggest highlight is seeing things back yeah. to normal right seeing people at the pool being able to party and um enjoy themselves being able to see you know financially just vegas getting back to normal so i just i'm grateful for that for sure um the highlight obviously was me watching duke at a beer park i know we're not you know they're not our sponsor or anything like that but okay. that's hands down one of my favorite places to go and watch a game because it is an outdoor venue and there's not a lot of outdoor venues that you can get to um that have other than wonderful circus swim over wow. here uh, which everybody definitely should be checking out but um you, you know there's not a lot of outdoor venues that wa- that you can watch the game at and wow. so this is one of you know 
very few <laughs> that you can watch the game. Yes, it was a little on the windy side. Um, menus were blowing off napkins and all that good stuff, but it was it was so great. It definitely fit the mood. You know, people were just out and about. It just it was great just to see people out, right? Yeah. You know, just enjoying themselves, having having a good time. So that was definitely my major highlight. Um, other than watching Duke play and win and go to the Sweet 16. Another great highlight, too, was the fact that I was able to... Um, the reason why I stay so long, because a lot of people think I'm nuts. They're like, you're you're going on a Wednesday and you're leaving on a Tuesday? You're staying there for a week? What's wrong with you? First of all, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, I, I love gambling on sports. If I... if um, my bookie was 24-7. I would totally do it, but I don't have one, so I can't do that. Um, but that's why Vegas exists, right? That's why you go to Vegas. Um, so being able to come here, and that's why I stay an extra day, is because then I can get all my bets in for the Sweet 16, right? And then once I, if I can possibly come back before the Sweet 16 or um, during it or even maybe a little after so I can pick up my bets and then maybe bet for the final four. Um, so that's another reason to stay a little later. I'm really bummed though, that Duke is a, um, is a dog, which I, which I kind of, I knew that that was going to happen. Um, I knew that they were going to be a dog, but I mean, only at a point and a half. So I might have to take that. I might have to take that point and a half, um, for Duke because worst comes to worst. If they win, then I win the bet. So I'm ecstatic about that. Also, I have some friends coming into town that have never bet before in their lives. And I've always said this, if you are a woman, out there betting is hands down the easiest thing and the best thing ever to be able to bet on sports um it blows those penny slots out of the water so um come to vegas come to circa and definitely get your and this book by the way not just stadium swim not just stadium swim but circa's actual book is ridiculous guys it's like the new mecca of i I thought westgate was mecca but this is the mecca as far as sports betting is concerned, they did a great job. Um, we came here when it originally opened and just, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. It wasn't even, there weren't even people around really, but even that like didn't matter because you saw every single screen was just blown up. It was just incredible um, to be able to watch sports at um, the Circus Sports Book, and then now on top of it to be able to watch um, Stadium Swim and um, have that available to you as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, this was a whole entire the whole entire weekend was a highlight, and I'm just ecstatic for uh, for the rest of the tournament. And another reason, again, why I'm out here is so I can continue to bet on all of my um, on all of these picks out here for the Sweet Sixteen as well. So that's why I'm staying so longer. Have you um, have you changed your uh, viewpoint or mindset on Duke? I think a lot of people uh, today, Monday, are kind of beginning to say, um, "Okay, listen, uh, Duke may have that championship mindset." Uh, you know, they they uh, you know didn't have the best conclusion of the season. They lost uh, Coach K's final game at Cameron. They they lost in the championship game of the conference tournament. But hey. It's March Madness. It's the uh, tournament. They're going on to the Sweet 16. They play Texas Tech um, this upcoming uh, on March 24th. And, uh, by the way, same uh, West bracket as uh, your Gonzaga Bulldogs. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> but have you changed your the viewpoint on Duke? Do you think – I mean, listen, I, obviously I think I am – I got them going to the Elite Eight to play Gonzaga, and that'll be a very – very unique matchup just because of your viewpoint on Gonzaga. Have you changed your um, where you see Duke going? Can they get to the Final Four? You know what? If they play, if they play the way that I know that they can play. See, here's the, here's the problem with Duke is on paper they're phenomenal. They should be winning every single game by twenty points 
minimum um, on paper. But in actuality, um, there's and there are some tweaks that need to need to happen. But in actuality, it's really rough for them, right? It's an uphill battle for them because there's three freshmen. That's the reason why they're and this has always been the perils of Duke, I think. Uh, since the one and done kind of came into existence and made its stamp on the NCAA um, in general. And some coaches adjusted to it really quickly, AKA Calipari um, versus other coaches. It took them a little longer, AKA, you know, my coach K. So I think that, you know, if you can um, adjust to that, having three freshmen on your squad um, and being your starter and being your mains, uh, you know, and being in that championship mind, mind frame, We'll see, but I, I just, it's really, really hard when you have three, pretty much rookies, you have three rookies on your team and you're depending on them to win a title. Now, that being said, it's Coach, K, it's Coach K's last year. Yeah. They got embarrassed on a national stage when they got defeated by North Carolina. I would hope that that would fire them up a little bit more and for them to want Carolina. Because if you look at, um, I believe, if you look at the uh, the standings, they would meet them in the final four. Wow! So, it, it, that's a, it's a huge if. Yeah. So if they if they make, met them in the final four, let's just hope that Paolo basically says, you know what? He said that he wants he wants Carolina. Yeah. You, you better make it to the final four, then, buddy. F- figure it out and make it to the final four. Because to be honest with you, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I haven't seen a lot from him this yeah. tournament, right? Which is great because that means that everybody else is stepping up and everybody else is helping out and that's what a team is supposed to do. But he's just not, he's not, do, he's not giving me the numbers that I thought that he would possibly give. He's giving those like silent numbers, mm-hmm. not those standout like, hey, I'm a star, like this is my team, I'm ready to play kind of thing. But if you want Carolina, man, you better pummel the crap out of Texas Tech, which I love Texas Tech. I think that their story is phenomenal. That's another reason why you should love March Madness is because um, stories like Texas Tech, who their assistant the year before is now their head coach, 65, and he got his first chance to be a head coach at Texas Tech, which is phenomenal. You know, good for him. So, you know, and I still, I still am sticking my guns, by the way, though, Arash. Gonzaga is still never going to win in my lifetime. So I'm still <laughs> sticking to my guns. Let's go Duke. Let's try to be that caliber team that I know you can be on paper. Put it put it in real life. Let's let's make it happen. All right, a couple quick questions for you. Uh, okay, so uh, the uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight is in San Francisco. That's not a really a quick drive. Uh, you probably can't go. I mean, you were just in Vegas. So okay, you, you're, you're not heading to San Francisco to see Duke. Now, okay, I, I think we may be both in the same boat. I am rooting for... Well, do you want to, do you want to have a Duke North Carolina Final Four matchup? Because again, North Carolina plays Duke. Sorry, North Carolina plays UCLA in the East Region in Philadelphia. By the way, I'm more fascinated by the other matchup in that East Region: Purdue and St. Peter's. Of course, St. Peter's has been the story of this March Madness as the 15 seed. They upset Kentucky in the first round, and then they beat Murray State in the second round. So that, that, that Purdue St. Peter's matchup is fascinating to me. Um, okay. So are, are you rooting for UCLA or North Carolina? Would you want to see Duke beat or at least play North Carolina in the final four? I will never, ever, ever root for that ugly Carolina blue. Give me an eight clap all day long. UCLA fight, fight, fight. 
I'm all about it. I, if they if they do end up making it to the final four, and that that is North Carolina, if they do end up making it to the final four, you know, and we end up making the final four, it'll be a great matchup because we've been playing each other for, you know, decades. Obviously, yeah. like uh, probably well, well over, you know, longer than my lifetime. So you know, yes, I would love to see it, but you know what? I'm still rooting for UCLA. I can't. I just can't. It's one of those things. It's it's one of those things where you just can't root for your rival. No. Yeah, and even though you want to see them later on and you you want your team to win and then them to win so you can see them uh, later on, heck to the no. Give me an A-clap all day. Let's go UCLA. By the way, UCLA, and we kind of said this at the beginning, you know, I mean, if things went their way, I mean, they have a chance to get back to the Final Four. You know, if they beat North Carolina, UCLA is the four seed. North Carolina is the eight seed. They upset Baylor, so they are in the Sweet 16. So if UCLA can get past North Carolina, they would face either Purdue or St. Peter's. I mean, it'd be amazing if St. Peter's got all the way to the Elite Eight. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at maybe UCLA back in the uh, Final Four, playing the uh, winner of the West region which, you know, in my bracket was Gonzaga. Let's go over to the South real quick. Uh, you have U of A playing Houston uh, next week in San Antonio, Michigan playing Villanova. And then in the Midwest region, you have Kansas and Providence going head-to-head and Iowa and Miami of Florida. Now, the Miami situation kind of bums me out because I knew, I, I knew that like, Goburn wasn't that good. And that if USC could beat Miami, and I knew that that would be a very good game, I thought USC got hosed late with a couple of calls. Um, you know, if they had won that game, they would have been going on to the Sweet 16. Uh, but, okay, GA, like, as you look at the South region, for example, uh, no shock, I got U of A coming from the South. I, I got U of A playing... Well, I kind of like the way Michigan's playing. I, I know most people are going to go with the number two seed, Villanova. I'm going to go with U of A, Michigan in the Elite Eight, and then U of A winning the uh, South. And then I got uh, Kansas playing Miami of Florida again. I mean, th- this is the path that thought USC would take if they won that game going on to the Elite Eight. But I have Kansas winning that game. That would have been a fun a rematch, by the way, if it was USC-Kansas because USC blew out Kansas a year ago. But uh, tell me how you see the rest of the bracket playing out. Well, I mean, the fact that Arizona had that game, uh, I don't know, it, that 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 overtime win against TCU, yeah. that kind of scared me. Um, yes, they stepped up. Yes, they did, they did great um, eventually, but they did not really box out. They got manhandled on the boards. Um, last night so that that kind of scared me um and considering that houston actually has a center (laughs) like houston actually has a big man down there so that's kind of scary um but i would still have arizona because they are way more talented way more athletic they are the ones with their as far as their numbers they should make it to the elite eight and make it past houston um as far as michigan and nova nova plays that small ball so that's really really hard for me i think michigan is very motivated um considering that their coach their coach and their what their season has gone through you know since i don't even know how how long ago was it since they had that suspension uh, I think it was at the, the end of the season. I think Juwan Howard got suspended for the last, let's just say, like eight or nine games of the season. So. Yeah, so I, I think that they're playing. I think they're playing for their coach, yeah. right? They're playing. They're playing for somebody. They're playing for somebody and for something. So I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan advance at all. Um, but Nova is the better team, and the only reason why Michigan would ever advance is because of um, Nova. 
unfortunately playing small ball. They have no, they don't really have a true big man down there. Um, but they are a smart, smart team. So I want to take Nova um, also because I have like a small little tweak in my heart for them. They did beat North Carolina at the buzzer for one of their last championships. So I, I definitely want to keep Nova um, at the forefront. Also, uh, so then we go down. So I'm, I'm picking Nova basically yeah. is what I'm telling you. Um, then we have Kansas and Providence. And while I love Providence's coach, I think he's phenomenal. I think he deserves a ring. He has been there for well over 15 years um, and with with that little patch he has on the back of his head he's a phenomenal coach and he has been through thick and thin with those guys I'm still picking the favorite I'm picking Kansas to, to defeat them and move on to the Elite Eight I'm with you Florida they are crushing it they also by the way in the ACC for all those that don't know they were in first place in the ACC in the very beginning and then they ended up um, getting pushed down to, I believe, fourth or, fourth or fifth place in the ACC um, when the season was over. But I'm still sticking with Miami, with the U. Uh, I, they play some tough ball. They play some mean, tough ball. And I don't know if that Iowa State team is ready for that mean, tough ball. Um, I had, actually, I had, unfortunately, don't hate on me, SC fans, I had Florida advancing this far. Miami. Uh, sorry, yeah, the U, the U. <laughs> sorry, I had I had, Flo I had Miami, I had the U advancing this this far. Um, just also because, like you said, Arash, Auburn was not really, isn't really ready. Um, I love Kessler and I love that team, but they, the Auburn just wasn't ready um, to, to advance and to make it this far um, into the tournament. So, yeah, give me, give me the U, uh, making it at least to the Elite Eight. So bum again for USC because this is the pathway that I saw them having. I, I saw I did not like Auburn. I like Bruce Pearl as a head coach, but I, I thought that they could beat Auburn. And then now they would have just had to beat Iowa State to get back into the Elite Eight. So, uh, you know, kind of bummed. By the way, gee, you probably know this better than me, you know, just looking at the bracket and uh, – since when? So TBS has the television broadcast rights for not only the Final Four, but for the championship game on Monday. Has that been the case for a few years? Or? No, that's pretty recent, I want to yeah. say, because normally it's, it's on CBS. Exactly. It's not on TBS, but maybe they outbid them. That is Well, so it's the, it's the same network. They're all part of the family. So all these tournament games have been on TBS, CBS, TNT, and True TV. By the way, True TV, that's like the one time of the year people are like, what channel is that on again? Uh, you know, the former court. TV, but yeah, no, just lo lo looking at the uh, TV schedule and just seeing the final four and the championship game are on TBS. I mean, when I think of TBS, I think of friends and family guy and comedy. And again, like I know that they're involved in sports now, but you know, to have the final four and the championship game on TBS, I did not um, know that again, we are here live at circus sports on a Monday. We were here Thursday, Friday for the uh, tournament. GA. I am actually coming back as so I, I keep teasing you about being a degenerate gambler. I actually have to come back. It is my brother's bachelor party. Party. So I am going home today. I will be back here on Thursday for my brother's bachelor party. Well, I'm so. jealous. I wish I could go to your brother's yeah. bachelor party and then kind of kill two birds with one stone. But that's that's pretty fun. That's amazing. Yeah. I would love to come back here. So, you know, uh, I'll be watching the uh, Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight matchups here. Uh, probably, uh, you know, come back to Stadium Swim and uh, Circa. Um, gee, I also watched last night Winning Time. Um, 
This show is fascinating to me because, again, I grew up as a fan of the Showtime Lakers. But just seeing what Dr. Jerry Buss meant to that team and how he turned around that franchise, and you touched on it, and 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 I really think when you talk about the culture of a team and turning that team around and putting a winning mentality, there's a lot of, um, you know, focus on the coach and the players. It is the ownership group. And I don't think you got to see it last night, but I'm excited for you to see it. Jerry Tarkanian was going to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. They had an amazing scene in there filmed right here in Vegas at Piero's, which was Jerry Tarkanian's spot. Um, you have to see it uh, to believe it, but like the mob really played a role in Jerry b- d- deciding, listen, I don't want to leave for Los Angeles for uh, my quality of life and my health and the safety of my friends and family. Like I'm going to come back to you and I'll be his business partner who helped negotiate the contract for him to take the job with the Lakers um, was killed and was put in the back seat of a car. And so um, a fascinating uh, a, a show so far, uh, Gia, you've really kind of enjoyed it. I, I know we, we've watched the first few episodes. Yeah, this show is phenomenal. I know it's getting a lot of heat and a lot of flack from players and from the organization in and of itself. And um, by the way, guys, Hollywood's always going to take liberties. It just it is what it is. Um, you're just going to have to move on from that. But that being said, it's still great. It's still a great show. It's very well um uh, it's it's just it's just a great show. I mean that's that's all I can really say. Yes, I did not watch last night's episode. It is on my DVR. It is on my to do list when I get back home. Um, trust me, I will. Wa- I will watch it the first chance I get when I get back home. I have a lot to watch. Uh, Gilded Age, by the way, watching Gilded Age. I know that has nothing to do with sports, but it's a great show as well. And that's the season finale um, was this past weekend. And then I can't wait to go back and watch Winning Dynasty because it's just a great show. It's just very well produced, very well done. Uh, I-, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. And I love the fact that they're going over the organization. They're not just highlighting the players. They're highlighting the organization and um, the ins and outs of how that works. Yeah, and just such a fun, fun, fun period for us growing up in Los Angeles, being of the same age in terms of remembering Kareem and Magic and Pat Riley. And again, the funny thing that you'll see in uh, the third episode, Pat Riley's career back with the Lakers post-playing career was as a broadcaster. Then he became the head coach. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.